My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. My name is Jeff Bajoric. I'm your host, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. Season three is prospecting. I want you to rethink your prospecting. And the remainder of this season is going to be really my feelings on what it means to prospect like a pro. What are the competencies that you have to have in order to be a professional opportunity creator in 2022 and beyond? I'm going to break down the strategies. I'm going to break down the tactics. I'm going to give you the mindsets so that you can overcome those eight obstacles that I've talked about so far this season, and you can really get into creating more opportunities that will close more often. That's what we're trying to do here, right? So today, what I want to do is I want to start with the non-negotiables. These are the things that I think I can take for granted, but I've been doing this long enough to know that I can't really take them for granted. So I don't want to spend a tremendous amount of time on each one of these concepts, but I do have to say them because they don't go without saying. Okay, so I want to get into these right now and uh, really break down for you the things that you should absolutely be doing. And if you're not, you'd better start. First and foremost, you need to define and limit your target list. I know you've got a million people that you can reach out and help. It's probably more than a million. But here's the thing. Well, and okay, let's get real. Some of you have prospecting sequences that address a thousand individual people. Think about that. Think about how silly that is. How are you supposed to approach a thousand people? That's a, a high school gymnasium full of people. How are you supposed to reach those people with any regularity? If you go back a couple of episodes when I talked about having poor expectations and having a poor plan, how do you plan to reasonably follow through with a thousand people? Doesn't work. So I'm going to tell you right now, many to one is greater than one to many. And you know that you need to, and if you haven't listened to the earlier episodes in this season, go back. But you have to plan on hearing no or hearing nothing up to 12, 13, 14 times before you finally break through to somebody. You're going to do that with a thousand people? Yeah, probably not. Narrow that scope, narrow that target list. Okay. And if you can make a hundred calls a week, would you rather make a hundred calls to a hundred people? Or would you make rather make four calls to 25 people? Right? Hey, maybe those numbers don't work out for you, but the comparison is there. Narrow down your list to an, an area where it's comfortable for you to follow through repeatedly with them. And in a couple of episodes here, I'm going to go through some recommended cadences for you. I'm going to show you what I mean. You should be reaching people at least once a week over the course of a month. I, I believe you should reach them at least five to six times over the course of a month if you really want to get their attention in a reasonable amount of time. You can't do that with a thousand people or a thousand companies or a thousand decision makers, however you define them on your list. So narrow that target list down to something that is manageable. It's probably closer to a hundred than it is a thousand. I'm going to let you decide for yourself, but you know the point I'm trying to make here. The second thing, know your decision makers. 
I put this in here because so many people make assumptions. And when I sold in the medical device industry, the assumption for me was always, oh, the doctor, I sold to orthopedic surgeons. So when I would sell something for the orthopedic surgery office, I would want to talk to the orthopedic surgeon. Well, you know what ended up happening? I ended up missing a lot of the real decision makers because you know what orthopedic surgeons like to do? They like to do surgery. They don't like to mess around with office programs and patient you know, follow-up and, and all of these other things. They have people on their teams to do that for them, and they delegate those responsibilities. You know what else they delegate? Decision-making responsibility. So I can't tell you how many times early in my career I would go through, get a commitment from a doctor to use my product, and only to find out after a couple of weeks that he or she didn't use it. Well, it's not that they were trying to dupe me, not that they were trying to get me out of the office, that they committed to using my product. But I didn't tell the right person that Doc had made the right commitment. And so I missed the person who was actually supposed to be the one that I was talking to. And, you know, what's really ironic, what really kicks me square between the eyes, is that often the person who was really making those decisions was the person that I was trying to get past. You know, the decision, you know, the gatekeeper, right? The person, just because they sit at the front desk doesn't mean that they don't have some authority, and it's funny, you know, when you when I prospect with my clients now, when I get in the car and knock on doors with them, I always say, look, don't make assumptions on who we need to talk to today. Ask the questions first. And often, actually quite regularly, when we walk into medical offices and things like that, the person that you first talk to is really the person you want to talk to. So don't make assumptions about who your decision makers are. Be curious especially as you're getting into a new market and don't write anybody off before you talk to them. Set goals. This is the third non-negotiable. I think this is pretty straightforward. I think most of you do this, but I need to say it anyway. It's as simple as it sounds. Give yourself a target to hit and don't stop until you hit that target. Okay, if you need to make 20 calls today, then make 20 calls today. If you need to make 200 calls today, make 200 calls today, but hold yourself accountable to this. Because that is a goal for a reason. And if that goal is there not for any reason, then I question the goal. And, you know, that's a completely different conversation. But set a target for yourself, whether that's an activity target or a results target, whatever it is, set a reasonable, attainable goal for yourself and make sure you hit it every day, every week, or whatever the term for that goal is. Block time. Now, I talked about this a couple of episodes ago about boundaries, and most people aren't creating enough opportunities because they don't have the right boundaries. This is the solution to that. Block time and then hold yourself accountable to those blocks. It's very similar to holding yourself accountable to hitting those goals. You know you need to do something. You know it's going to take time to do it. Set that time aside. Again, would your calendar be used as evidence against you in a court of law to convict you of being in sales? Okay. If it's important, if it's worth doing, it deserves time on your calendar, put it there so you know it's going to get done before the other stuff inevitably creeps up. Look, you know how to prospect. I know you know how to prospect, but something still gets in your way. 
As a matter of fact, I've identified eight reasons that you and your team are not creating more sales opportunities. I put them together as a white paper to serve as a companion of this season of the Rethink the Way You Sell podcast. Go to jeffbajorek.com forward slash eight reasons to download your copy and the self-assessment that is included in that white paper so you know where you can make maximal impact right away to improve your prospecting results. Now back to the show. The next concept here is a little more subtle. It's a little more diffuse. It's a bigger picture kind of thing. And I talked a lot about this in season two about top performers, but think about what you're trying to accomplish on a grand scale. Begin with the end in mind. What are you ultimately trying to achieve here? Yes, I know you're ultimately trying to create new opportunities and win sales. Okay, good. But keep that in mind as you develop your process. I'm in growth mode as I you know, record this right now. And I'm doing some outreach. I'm doing some prospecting. I'm following my own advice here because I know this is the way that I've been successful in the past. And this is the way I'm going to continue to be successful. And, you know, I have to remind myself that ultimately... The end goal is to create new clients. The end goal is to create new relationships. The end goal is to do really good work. Well, that means sometimes that my expectations need to be in check. And if I send 20 messages to my first degree connections on LinkedIn, if all 20 of them were to get back to me, that might be overwhelming. So I can't actually be upset that only five or six get back to me within the first couple of hours, right? Like understand what it is you're trying to do and take incremental steps to get there and be patient with your progress. It's important to recognize, and you've heard me say this before, you'll hear me say it again, no step is too small so long as it's headed in the right direction and you keep taking steps. Don't be discouraged by a lack of results initially or early on. Think about all the messages, think about all the phone calls you get that you don't address right away. It doesn't mean that they weren't valuable. It doesn't mean that they aren't building momentum for you. Just remember the big picture. Remember what you're trying to accomplish here. And remember that it's not going to happen in one phone call, one email, one LinkedIn message or whatever. Okay? So check your expectations and remember the big picture. The next thing is measure what matters. And I've talked about this before. You know, when I started measuring meaningful activities, I started making real results. When I stopped being worried about being busy... That's when I really experienced big-time growth. I tripled my revenue. During an economic downturn, for that matter, selling a what was perceived as a commoditized product at a big price premium because I did the work, because I was measuring the work that was worth measuring. So look, if you're just measuring yourself based on how many calls you make, you know what you're going to find yourself doing? You're going to find yourself making calls for the sake of making calls. But if you, ske- if you measure yourself by the number of appointments you schedule, well, that's a different KPI. It's a much more valuable one. If you measure yourself based on revenue, well, you're leaving too many things out, in, uh, out of your control, you know, in the balance there. But if you know the steps that you need to take in order to get to that revenue, and you can measure those steps, ah, it's a big difference. It's a huge difference. So identify what it is for you in your process that is going to move the needle for you. 
for me, when I stopped worrying about revenue and started instead worrying about the number of new prospects I introduced myself to, the number of meetings I scheduled, the number of meetings I had, and the number of commitments to move forward I got, you know, those are really the four steps in every sales process. When I measured those things, yeah, I got great results. And that's what I still do to this day. So implement those kinds of KPIs or OKRs uh, if you want to look at them that way, and that will start moving your needle. And you may be at odds with your manager about this, and you may need to have a difficult conversation about why you think you should be uh, measuring certain things and not others. That's a good conversation to have. You're both going to learn something from that conversation. Don't shy away from it, even if you're new. But it's very, very important that you are measuring what matters and you understand why it matters. And the last thing that I'm going to outline today is your mindset. Keep your swagger. Again, I said this a couple of minutes ago. No step is too small so long as you're headed in the right direction and you keep taking steps. Keep taking steps. And put yourself in the right mindset to do the best work you possibly can. Does that mean getting up and walking around while you're on your headset, while you're making calls? It might. I mean, don't walk around so fast that you're out of breath or anything, right? But, you know, are you alive? Are you vivid? Are you coming through with energy? Or are you sitting down? <sighs> it's been a long day. Hi, Mr. Prospect. How are you? I'd like to tell you about... That's not going to get you very far, right? Are you smiling when you talk? Are you in a great mindset? Are you prepared to succeed? Do you believe that the work that you're doing is worth doing? I had a conversation with you just a couple of episodes ago about belief. You have to have that. Actually, it was the last episode. I talked to you about it, and then Gittimer and I talked to you about it on the last episode. It's important to have that belief. When you have that belief, it perks you up. When you listen to your favorite song, before you get ready, you get in a better mood, a better mindset, a better attitude about you. You want to put yourself there as often as possible when you're actively in the sales motion. It's really, really important. And there's a quick plug for my hashtag swagger songs playlist on Spotify. You can go check that out. Follow it for free. I add to it regularly. It's community curated. It's a lot of fun. And it's basically, there's something there for everybody. And it's a playlist that will get you in a great mood whenever you need it. So go check that out. Quick plug. I, I don't, is that even a plug? Like, I make nothing off that. It's not, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I just think it's a really cool playlist. There you go. So those are my non-negotiables for you, okay? Define and limit your target list. Know your decision makers. Set goals. Block time. Think about what you're trying to accomplish in the grand scheme of things. Measure what matters and keep your swagger. As we go forward, you're probably going to want to pay attention to this podcast on YouTube as well. There are at least a handful of times where I'm going to bust out the whiteboard, the, the digital whiteboard. I'm going to draw on my iPad and, and kind of record this so you can see visually what it is I'm talking about. Um, doing a lot of things in a multimedia manner here to really show you as tangibly as possible what I'm talking about when I'm handing you these strategies, these tactics. And I'm going to make you think differently. There are assumptions that you are making right now that are failing you because they're close and they've worked for other people, but other people have different context. And so that's why it works for them. And that's why it doesn't work for you. So I'm going to break things down again, giving you the strategies, the tactics, the mindsets that you need to be successful and prospect like a pro in 2022. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. I hope that choosing to use your podcast time with me is paying dividends for you. If it is, please tell somebody. That's how this show grows. It's how I get to help more people. And hey, you get credit for passing me along too. And that goes a long way. If you can help somebody make a big difference on their sales career, they're going to thank you for it, probably before they thank me for it. And I'm okay with that. I'll be back with you again in a couple days, and I'll talk to you then. Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson, with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajoric.